big skincare brands, they are known for how cheap they can make the formula. And our goal in this business, especially as an indie brand, you have to make sure that you are differentiating yourself. And how do you do that? Well, it's with the results that you're getting your clients. And to me, formulation was not about cost. It was just what kind, what problem am I solving for my client and how can I get them those results? Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on Glam and Grow is Camille Chulik, co-founder at Aver Aglow Skincare. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So if you want to start off by telling me a little bit about your story and how you founded the brand, I'd love to hear it. Yes, absolutely. So Avera Glow was uh, created about seven years ago with my husband and I, and it was the inspiration behind it was my bad skin. So I had battled with breakouts for over 16 years. They had started, um, you know, a typical teenage story, you know, T-zone. And then in my early 20s, they migrated to my cheeks. Like I had these really bad uh, breakouts that were like red and inflamed and they left scars on my cheekbones. And then later in my 20s, I had jawline cystic acne. So this was something that had plagued me for um, many, many years. I had tried different things to kind of solve my problem. But also, I really always loved beauty. And I think that was because I had dealt with skin issues. Um, I was a typical teenage girl who loved riding my bike up to CVS to start like, trying the you know clean and clear and eczema. At the time, I thought it was cool. So I'm like, oh, let's try these different skincare products. But little did I know this was going to stay with me for into my 20s. But And then also makeup as well, because at the same time with having bad skin, I also was really into makeup to to try different foundations to cover up my breakouts. So I think that there's not a foundation I haven't tried. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, from thin ones to really thick ones. I mean, I, I've tried the ones where you feel like you're putting it on with a spatula to cover up. <laughs> I mean, the skin is the foundation of your foundation. So that makes so much sense that you probably would have tried everything. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And I also just love makeup in general. I think it's so it's so neat to be able to be creative with it. But those two definitely go hand in hand. And I had then later graduated, like I think a lot of us from the, you know, CVS Walgreens brands into department store brands like Mac and Clinique and Lancome and trying all of that. One for my again, for my breakouts and um, two the makeup to, to cover them up. So this was just something I was always passionate about. I'm sure your drawer looks like mine where it has like a million bottles in it to try to totally. But unfortunately, in this journey that I was going through with my skin, I had never found anything that gave me the results I was looking for. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with breakouts and I'm sure you're uh, absolutely. Those are- <laughs> if anyone hasn't, they're very lucky. 
I know exactly. And especially too, because before it seemed like it was a teenage problem, but now it's, it's women all the way up into menopause are dealing with it. So is that because I actually want to touch on that? Is that because people are more open about it and talk about it more now, or are we just more stressed or something or the food or something? Cause I feel like people didn't experience this like as they age quite the same that they do now. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think if you, if you want me to give my two cents on it, that I think back in say when you're dealing with the teenage years, um, let's say in the eighties, nineties, I think the progression of the food has changed. I agree with you. The stress has changed and breakouts is a very hormonal based issue internally dealing with the cortisol and insulin and all of that comes about through lifestyle factors. So I think over time, you know, with the way that our lifestyle has evolved, it has contributed to that. So I I don't think it used to be the same as it was like say in the fifties and the sixties and the eighties to now what we're dealing with. So I do think it has evolved. I don't think, I think, and probably there's more awareness around it as well, because I think maybe someone saying that they're 40 still dealing with breakouts might've been embarrassing. Whereas now it's just like, well, yeah, I'm going through menopause. I've got breakouts, which unfortunately is not good. Not that we want that, but that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. So going back to, to the beginning, I mean, not to, not to ask your age in any way, but th- was this something that you went straight to doing or did you have a career prior to founding the brand? Like how, how did you really get started? And when was that moment where you really realized something was missing in the marketplace? So this was, um, I don't have any background in skincare. I don't have a background in any cosmetic chemistry, but this is actually my fourth company or fourth brand. Oh, wow. And um, kind of when I met my husband, he had had a landscaping and irrigation business. And that's something that I helped him work on. So we ultimately ended up selling that business. And then we were, we dabbled in a few other things like apps and we uh, did a subscription box service. So all of those things got my feet wet to just running a business, the, the shipping of it, dealing with clients to the point that we got to this business. Now, it's not that I had said, oh, let's just go create a skincare company. It was um, something that I had been struggling with and then started researching and digging into and trying things that helped myself and um, different ingredients and different other products and, and benchmarks and really connecting the dots. Um, there was, I think, a particular YouTube series I had listened to from a pharmacist that connected the behind the scenes of the stages of acne, I think is the way that he called it and how the thyroid connects and the adrenals connect. And um, it just was something that having not only trying skincare products in the past, um, I had started, I had gone to dermatologists, I had tried different prescriptions, I've done proactive, I started doing clean eating, clean diets and gallon of water a day and supplements, and none of them had really touched my breakout. So it was upon doing that research, I was like, oh, I'm just going to start blogging about this because now I've started connecting all these pieces as to why we break out, how the internal affects the external. Because a lot of times people say, oh, it's not it's not external. You don't need skincare. It's only internal. When from, upon my research and from what I've seen now through the past seven years of growing this business, it's they go hand in hand and you do need both. And I'm, an, I'm a big advocate for both. And they they have their pros and cons of how to work through them as well. And depending on what your lifestyle is, but we can get into that more later. And so that was just something that I was going to start blogging to help other women because upon my research, I realized, and that's kind of what kind of to your question earlier was that I wasn't the only one struggling with this into my late twenties. I had heard uh, from a dermatologist. I remember sitting on 
the table. Um, and he says, oh, your skin's not that bad. You're going to grow out of it. And in my late 20s, when you're you're sitting there and you're thinking back to that statement, I'm like, wait a second, I'm almost 30. At what yeah, it's frustrating. Are you growing out of this? I'm going to go from battling breakouts to battling wrinkles. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know which is worse, but <laughs> well, and then the, 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 the reality is going to battle both, you know? So I wanted, I was going to start blogging and telling other women because I had started to break down and I felt like I was taking the mystery out, out of why we break out. There's so much information out there and a lot of it is accurate. It's just connecting it all together. And that's what I feel has been lacking in this problem and in this industry for a long time with breakouts is the dermatologist has one aspect of it. The endocrinologist has another. Um, the esthetician has another, but they don't all talk to each other and help. And I mean, that's their expertise. And then um, so painting that story of how they all go together was I felt like where I kind of was starting to step into. So hence like, oh, I'm going to blog or podcast or whatever about it. but. The problem I felt with just putting up the information was that there's still the external factor of the skincare and I and you do need to take care of your skin. Your skin is an organ just like any other organ. You take care of your your liver and your kidneys and your heart. Um, so why not take care of your skin the proper way? Because at the same time, bad skin care can also affect the skin as well. So Definitely. that's when I was like, well, maybe um, my husband and I started crafting batches in the kitchen and we're like, could we really make the skincare? Could we just, um, you know, we don't have a background in this. How do we know if we know what we're even doing with it? But that's kind of when we then started to dig digging into that research aspect. And then it became, all right, we're going to make the skincare and then kind of give the all the other information around it, you know, with blog posts and Instagram posts and videos and whatnot. So that was kind of the progression of how it ended up saying, all right, let's let's start making batches of skincare. Yeah. And I love when brands are really built upon like an issue or something that someone's super passionate about. So can you tell me some of those key learnings that you discovered during that time, like sort of piecing it all together and maybe touch on some ingredients that were essential for you in building the line? Yes. Uh, so the first thing to understand about breakouts is how they work, right? What's the external factor that I kind of mentioned on? Breakouts consist of bad bacteria that's found on your skin. And then the hormonal response comes in when you're saying I'm stressed or I'm eating cupcakes or I have frappuccinos or it could even be foods you're allergic to. That's the other thing is it doesn't always have to be just, you know, bad foods. It can just be tomatoes that affects your skin. So when you're eating or you're stressed, you know, you have these different hormonal responses. Well, those hormones can then turn on the oil glands in your skin, which creates sebum. And unfortunately, the bad bacteria found on your skin that causes breakouts love sebum. It reproduces in sebum. And when the two of those marry and mix together, they then attach to the dead skin on your face, which in turn leads to a clogged pore. So you've got those three things combining together in a very tiny, cramped little pore, uh, trying to see the light of day here. So unfortunately, when they're mixing, they get sticky. And then that's where you, when you if you've squeezed a, a pimple before and you're seeing that stuff come out of your skin, that's, that's part of what you're looking at. That that's fascinating. So I feel like, I feel like I'm almost asking you questions as, as if you're a dermatologist. I feel like this is very interesting and very helpful for people battling this. Cause obviously there's nothing more frustrating than not having clear skin, but I'm curious, did you also study like the body and why people have breakouts 
only in certain areas or, or was your core focus the face? Uh, mostly the face. I mean, again, the body, it, from what my research had led to um, just a buildup of there's so much that the liver can process at a time. And when you have a buildup of those hormones in the body, the liver's processing it through. So sometimes it just comes out in the skin from kind of what I had seen from behind the scenes of my research. It also has to do with the lymph nodes. So it's obvi- obviously, it's very intricately connected with all of that. And I feel, especially as women, the tiniest thing can throw off the whole ecosystem, right? And, you know, you know, we, hormones is just, women and hormones go hand in hand and it seems to be, you know, part of being a woman, right? And yes, so the unfortunately. Is kind of that manifestation of that. So yes, I know, right. Amongst other things that we have to deal with as women. Yes, so. definitely. Um, so going back to that time period, you are, you know, creating these batches, like it sounds like in your kitchen, how long did the development process take? And, and was the idea in the beginning to really build a brand or was it even just to create a product that maybe you would use and kind of see how it goes? So in the beginning, to answer also your question about the ingredients, then we started hunting down things that would help that. So there's different plant-based ingredients that can help with that bad bacteria, different ingredients that help with the sebum, different ingredients to help with exfoliation. And then on top of it, usually acne-prone skin and people that have been battling breakouts is pretty void of nutrition. So it's really supplementing and bringing that nutrition back into the skin, helping support your own natural immune system as well. And again, you're doing that just the way you would with eating. You're doing it with vitamins and minerals and omegas. And so your good quality skincare ingredients can do that topically um, when you're applying it to the skin. So when we're crafting these batches, we kept all of that in mind. Now, I think we went through hundreds of batches, different ingredients, different concepts, as uh, as it progressed through using it. And then I had given it to some women in an acne group I was in. And then I think my niece as well and saw um, and asked them how there was, you know, did they get results from it and started going from there. So from the time that we kind of, you know, said, oh, let's make this brand. It was about September, 2015. And then we sold our first bottle, which was to, I had given it to one of those ladies. And then she came back and actually we had put our website up by that point. Um, and was April 2016 was our first sale. And then I started an Instagram and started putting posts up about breakouts and the products and then um, started following people on Instagram. They started following back and then we would just start getting organic sales off of just people randomly going to the website. And I was like, well, if we can sell uh, first, it was to see, can we even prove this concept? Can we even sell it? And we sold, I think the first kit, I was like, oh man, we sold, it was like, it was just one of the, you know, it's like balloons popping in the air, right? You, you, you made a sale. And then, um, it was after that, I said like, well, if I can sell one kit, can I sell two? And it kind of went from there. And then in the meantime, also, how do we prove the credibility behind this? How do we prove that it actually works? And so, and then also on top of it, because we don't have a chemist background, how is the, you know, what do we do next with these products? Are they shelf stable? Are they, we had done a ton of research into how to formulate skincare. So there was all through that, maybe that nine month timeframe, this was us making batches. This was us researching. This was us calling people. This was getting acclimated to actual skincare ingredients who sells these ingredients. So there was a lot of research on the back end with that. And then after that, we then gave the formulas to a cosmetic chemist and said, all right, are these stable? Is there any, do you see any problems with it? So we kind of iterated on it. I mean, and what we started with back then, we've made, you know, hundreds of 
big iterations and then of course little tweaks and other tiny iterations. Yeah, I'm curious how how much the brand has evolved since then. But going back to the beginning, like did you rely a lot on outside support from an operation standpoint, from like you said, like a lab standpoint? Like how did you make sure um you weren't gonna have any repercussions like with the product? Yes. So then we after we had done all that, that's when we we had involved a third-party manufacturer and a lab and whatnot. And then we also did like independent clinical trials and whatnot and kind of went through those accolades. So it's kind of a progression through 2016 into 2017. That's kind of, um, we're still trying to get this going. And then we started getting testimonials from customers and they're sharing their before and afters. So it was like little by little. Um, and then the third-party manufacturing and the the scientists that we had used at their lab, we started down that road, but we were running into the issue of, you know, with third-party manufacturing, you are you're not their only client. And so with e-commerce, with scaling, sometimes, you know, if you hit a, hit something, you know, overnight, you can double sales. And um, at that time, we kind of made the decision then, well, let's bring it back in-house and actually do the setup of manufacturing. So that was even a whole thing in itself. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily recommend doing that, but that did help us to grow and we were able to take our, our money back from the uh, the profit margins to kind of create a manufacturing facility as well. I mean, that's that's incredible though, and very rare. So going back to that timeline, because you shared this with me earlier, how were you able to run the manufacturing? Did you essentially build a lab like within your home or like, how were you able to do that? Did you like take out all the profits during the first year in order to do that? Because that is very rare. And in fact, I think we, we talked about this a little bit in the before even offline was that this is bootstrapped. So we didn't take any funding. I mean, at the time, it's not to say that I wouldn't have wanted funding. I mean, it's there's pros and cons both ways. I think for me, the most important thing in this business was keeping control of what we were doing and creating a quality product because a lot of skincare out there is filled with water and emulsifiers and big skincare brands, they are known for how cheap they can make the formula. And our goal in this business, especially as an indie brand, you have to make sure that you are differentiating yourself. And how do you do that? Well, it's with the results that you're getting your clients. And to me, formulation was not about cost. It was just what kind, what problem am I solving for my client and how can I get them those results? So with third-party manufacturing, there's also another dynamic and that is will they be putting in the products what we need them to put in there? Like, I mean, there's times there's stories where you have these third-party manufacturers and they might change the rose water out. And I mean, in good intentions, it's not to say that it's bad or, or good. It's just that it might alter the smell in the formula. Or, um, I mean, there's I, from different stories I had heard in the industry that sometimes they don't have an ingredient and they don't put it in there. I mean, it's not that you have to research your manufacturer. Wow. There's plenty of good ones out there. And that should not be a barrier to entry to doing your brand. It's just that at the time, I just was really passionate about what's going in that bottle. And I wanted to make sure, because there we had had a few batches come from them and our sprays, they're kind of um, pink in color from different extracts. And one of the extracts we were using was causing it to turn brown. And to me, you know, it's going to kill the user experience. Now, the, the spray still smelled great, but it looked like swamp water. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> that is I true. I still use it. <laughs> sure. Uh, so it's just kind of those little nuances that started to pop up. And when we, with manufacturing it ourselves, 
we were able to take that profit. You're obviously paying the third-party manufacturer. We were able to control how much we needed to make. We were able to control how much we needed to buy ingredient-wise. And then we were able to obviously batch per what we needed. So it kind of went from there. And then that did help us scale through. I don't think that we could have scaled like we had because we scaled 500% two years in a row. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was really ridiculous. And my brain almost fell out through the whole process. I bet. It taught me a lot of things for sure. But I don't think that we were we would have been able to do what we did with uh, with having um, not doing it ourselves. But you know, and again, it was also it really came down to controlling what was in those products and at the speed that we can make them. I, I definitely want to talk about that level of growth and how you forecasted and how you were maybe prepared for that or not prepared for that. But going back to quality control, because I think that's so interesting. Um, is that one of your strongest marketing tactics? Like, do you feel like a lot of your customers know that and that's something you lead with, or that's just something that was really important to you um, in terms of quality control and really making sure the product is up to your standard always? Uh, no, honestly, I don't think we've talked about that at all. To you should <laughs> that that would sell me so hard because like that to me means like it means so many things. I mean, you're you're getting like the same quality every single time without any variable, and I just think that's so interesting that that's something you do. Well, and, and the- you're going to grow five five hundred thousand <laughs> percent. Well, we're set up for it now. I, we we scaled and set up for it. But I think the problem is you, you we're really looking at these as two different companies is we have a manufacturing facility and okay. we have a brand. And unfortunately, I feel like my attention has been divided because there are if you if I'm just focusing on the brand, then we can talk about that story. But then sometimes we get pulled over here to say, all right, we're looking at these ingredients, is this or we're formulating this? What do you think? You know, or we're having a supply chain issue over here. So there is a pro and con to it. And I think that that's kind of through that growth of the company. That's why that story hasn't been told because I'm really happy to get on and tell you about it because I, I'm just like you, I want good quality skincare. I want good quality cosmetics, good quality food. And that story is really important to me. It's just also finding the time to work it into the million other things, you know, as a business owner, you have to do. Yeah, I bet. Do you manufacture for anybody else or just yourself? No, just for ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's so interesting. So from a forecasting perspective and a growth perspective, since you've grown exponentially, has that been something really challenging to do? Or do you have the operation side dialed at this point? Uh, I think COVID really threw that off for everyone. So I won't say we had a dial then pretty much before COVID, but then with the whole everything shipping and, and delaying, we were able to navigate through it fine, but it definitely did put a kink in the plans for sure. So we're kind of, uh, we're actually building a little bit different structure right now for that even. So yeah, that makes sense. I won't say yes. Here's a fun fact. Over 81% of consumers are opted into text messages from their favorite brands. They're finding out first about limited time offers, new products, and they're having two-way conversations all via text messaging. And that, my friends, is where Attentive comes in. Attentive is a personalized text messaging platform that lets you grow your SMS subscriber list, interact with customers in real time, and unlock a new source of revenue. With tons of best practices built in, Attentive makes sure your audience stays engaged too. 
Thousands of innovative brands like CB2, Pura Vida, and Coach have created magical customer experiences and driven millions in online revenue using attentive-powered text messages. Meet your secret weapon to cut through the clutter, grow brand love, and drive more sales. Relevant, engaging, mobile first. That's attentive. See what they can do for you at attentivemobile.com slash wavebreak. Attentive, drive sales with text message marketing. How big is the team and, and how challenging has it been to hire the right people and, and scale with that kind of growth? Uh, so we have 35 employees right now. And we have the whole employee, that's a that's a conversation in itself because that's definitely something that was a learning curve. We had, In our other businesses, we had employees, but again, with this being a brand and manufacturing, you have different types of uh, jobs that you're hiring for. Some of it's finance, marketing, others it's warehouse, logistics. So there, it's, it's a variety pack of the type of employees and um, really going through and, and figuring out the right who's. And that was not something that, you know, as my husband and I, as entrepreneurs, as um, business owners, our whole goal was to build a brand. We love creating experiences for people. We love like whether we make a scent that people rave about or, or the packaging that's showing up at their door. It wasn't a let's grow a team. And so that's something that we've had to learn. And it has been a challenge because naturally that's not our skill set. Our skill set is to create, to innovate, so we're really working on who can help us with that. Because obviously at this point, with any type of company, it can't just be me and my husband doing it. Otherwise, we'll just be doing everything. So you yeah. do have to rely on the team. And it does take time to figure out how to communicate, how to communicate with different people, especially with this whole last year with um, employee shortages and, um, you know, just a very volatile world that we're kind of in that we see different things coming and going. It has been a challenge for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's it's definitely a challenging time on, on a lot of fronts. Let's talk about building the brand. Did you know what you wanted your brand voice to be from the get-go and perhaps how much has the the brand evolved since the beginning? Does the packaging still look the same the same, excuse me? Did you hire an agency to help with branding or or did you do that yourself? No, I, I hired, I've had a couple agencies work with me a little bit through the progression of the brand. But one of the things that I always, that kind of I drew inspiration from was my experience with the whole skincare journey. And that was that it felt like with dealing with breakouts that all of the products for acne and breakouts is very regulated. And it's also usually found in white medical looking bottles. It's usually very harsh ingredients. So through that progression of when I was building this brand and especially choosing natural based skincare, again, this was kind of a little bit at the right at the, the edge of clean beauty really evolving. And a lot of clean beauty was in brown packaging, earthy packaging, and something that you would see at a, a health food store. And I really, even though what was, I was really passionate about the clean and the plant-based beauty going into the bottle, but I didn't want that to be the uh, outside of the bottle. I just didn't think it needed to be in that. And that's not something I would want to pick off the shelf and, and display on my cabinet. And I had people in the beginning tell me that if it's natural, it needed to go in that type of packaging. But I wanted to challenge that because I didn't believe that that needed to be the case. Good for I, you. Want, I wanted it to have a feel. I wanted it to be chic. I wanted it to, to be um, very classic and something that my clients could feel good about displaying on the counter. 
So that's where I really put together like a mood board and then worked with a designer on creating the logo and the feel of the boxes originally. And I really, really love Europe. So I took inspiration from London and Paris and kind of that classic chic feel. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that in, in your assets on the site. It, it definitely still has that feel. Um, so let's talk about what is your your hero product or is that the same product that you started with? And then I'd love to hear more about your philosophy behind kits. Um, obviously, with combating skin issues like acne, sometimes you need multiple products. So um, was that part of the business model to build out kits? So, you know, your customers don't really go anywhere else for any other product. It was more just about getting the results. As much as I'd say, oh, let's, um, let's, I want to sell them 20 products. It's more about what do they need to get the results they're after. I think if more, there's plenty of good brands out there, but if you can, my biggest philosophy is what problem are we trying to solve? Everyone buys products based on the solution you're bringing to the table. And if you're not bringing a solution, so an example, even it could be, well, are we helping with the wrinkles? I mean, obviously nothing is going to truly, let's say wrinkles are not going to go anywhere, but can we help soften them? Can we make them lighter? Can we make them not as pronounced so that our clients feel good about what they're using and they feel like they're getting somewhere with it? I think that that goes for any any company and any brand. But our hero product started with the overnight face mask, which is part of our clear skin kit routine. So breakouts are very stubborn. I'm sure by just talking about that componentry, Another aspect of breakouts is that your breakout prone, acne prone people shed skin. I can't remember the exact amount because I've seen different numbers between 50, I mean, five and 30 times more than a non-sufferer. So I don't know exactly which one it is, but needless to say, it's more than the average person that doesn't break out. So meaning you're, you're shedding a lot more dead skin, which again, part of that componentry of the bad bacteria, the dead skin and the sebum. If you have more dead skin hanging around, your skin is more likely to clog and create those breakouts. So with that in mind, you need a routine that's really going to go to work on it in the morning and evening. And so it kind of depends on where the person at is in, in their journey. If you're dealing with cystic acne, you definitely need the clear skin kit. Like that's why we came up with it. But if you're like, well, I just have one breakout here on my chin, I occasionally want to treat or, you know, during that's my time of the month, I break out. That's where our clear skin elixir comes in. But it's an overnight face mask that you wear. It's, it helps with breakouts, helps with redness, helps with scarring. And you put it on your face overnight. It helps kind of draw out. Um, another thing I had learned about breakouts is they form under the skin before you ever see them. So they might come up in a week. They might come up in. 60 days, it just depends on the cycle and the skin. And so you might say like, how am I breaking out all of a sudden? Some are quick, some are not. And so the mask is designed to pull out anything that's already formed. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, I hate this process, but once it's already formed under the skin, it has to come up and out. You know, your skin is a detoxifier. So that's kind of how it works. And so that's actually where that whole concept of is my skincare breaking me out? Oh, I'm seeing more breakouts. This isn't something to the skincare. And that's not to say you couldn't have irritation or you couldn't have something in that arena. But if you're at a weekend and you're two weeks in and you're saying that, it's because your skin is going through that cycle and it's not the skincare's fault. It's the way that breakouts just work. Yeah. And so you have to get them out of the skin. And the, so that, that mask will help draw anything out. And then it will also help prevent anything from forming because that's also the key. You kind of work on them hand in hand. It's also really good. I always tell my clients, especially going into, say, this uh, last quarter here of going into holidays or people taking vacation, 
is if you know you're going into a situation, whether you're going to be eating, you're going to have eggnog and apple pie and all the things that come around those times or you're on vacation having, you know, cheese dip and margaritas, whatever that might be, you can wear the mask ahead of time to help kind of prevent those from forming as well. So that's kind of the goal of the mask and how we made it. And it is, you know, it is a staple product, but then it also is part of that, the, the our signature routine. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, how effective has offering a subscription model been for you and what percentage of your customers are on subscription? Transparently, we hadn't offered a subscription till a couple months ago. Oh, okay. So that's something new. Was that just something that just, there's just so much going on that it was just on the list or it was just something, uh, yeah. So it was on the list and there was, I had gone back and forth with one of our marketing agencies on whether that was advantageous or not. So we, we were kind of digging into it. And then with everything else going on, we had always planned on testing it. So, but we finally um, got it up on our site a couple of months ago. So I really don't have a lot of data now behind it because we hadn't pushed it. We hadn't tried it. I also was concerned because breakout products like say proactive is a subscription model that people would be leery and be worried that they were going to get in it. Now ours doesn't work this way. That automatically puts you in subscription, but this, um, you know, people have been burned by products, especially for breakouts. So I definitely didn't want that to be a barrier to entry for them. Yeah. Although on the contrary, it's so nice if it's a product that you use every day, which obviously, you know, skincare is a very important product to people that they they use daily. It's nice to to have that as an offer as well. And we did have clients coming in saying, can you please offer this? I'm, I, uh, I keep forgetting and I don't want to miss out on my product. And then I start breaking out again. So yeah, exactly. Like there's nothing worse than forgetting and then you don't have it. So I'm sure some people are, are thrilled. So the business currently correctly, if I'm wrong, is purely D to C. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So are you, is plan for expansion to break into retail or is that part of your, um, your ability for quality control. Is that something you want to continue just to be D to C or do you plan to be more omni-channel? Uh, I definitely omni-channel. I think that that's, you know, part of the key to continuing to grow a brand. I think through COVID, obviously everything kind of went back to, or it was, you know, channeled for D to C, but I also think that there's an opportunity there from, I think the way that consumers are buying has shifted somewhat in now, before, like I said, it was me going to the department store and, and seeing the products. Now, I feel like there's more of these curated boutique experiences. So I think that there's something there that I would really like to explore To It kind of depends on how I feel like the brand sits with the right retail channel. So I want to, but I wanted to make sure that it also is the right strategy for our brand and also that we can continue to get our clients the results they're looking for. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about marketing. What Which channel do you feel is more effective for you and have you pivoted your marketing spend at all as of late with you know retention or ads excuse me getting so much more expensive have you focused more on retention or social or or what does that look like for your your team because we do get good results with our products our retention rate is really high compared to industry standards but there's always you know i feel like we're just like splash the surface of what we can do with this brand even though it feels like you know it's, it's 7 years it's gone by so quickly but at the same time i feel like we've done a lot but i feel like we very we've also just scratched the surface so there i have a few things in the works behind the scenes but it's again it, it all comes down to where i feel like it places and then also as far f- from your question of the advertising um i mean it's been a challenge from an e-commerce perspective you know we've done a, a bit of influencers and ambassadors and affiliates and facebook and instagram and tiktok and snapchat and pinterest um and google 
So all of those I feel with our brand have worked, but they only work up to a certain amount. So at least that's what, what I've seen so far. So I think that there's omni-channel even from, from online ads as well, but it is more complicated as far as like you say, like with the cost of everything and also dialing in the messaging, I feel, you know, people, you know, what's going to get them to stop and, and not scroll past your ad uh, anymore. So there's just different things that also just warming them up to who you are as a brand. Again, like I said, a lot of our clients have been burned before. So yeah. they're like, ah, uh, what is this, you know, an Instagram ad? How is, how is this really going to help me? Yeah, definitely. Some of your before and after photos are incredible. So I don't know if that's part of your marketing strategy and ads, but they're um, they're pretty incredible as well as your reviews. So is that definitely something you lead with? We do. I mean, unfortunately, the advertising channels, because again, and I understand why they do this. They want to try to keep the, they're trying to keep the platform, you know, kosher. They don't want people to put things up and it just, oh, you didn't get the results from this ad. So, you know, they've, all of the networks have always been try has tried to kind of um, keep that message neutral. So using before and afters isn't always allowed or always interesting uh, outed. So we've kind of had to work around that because even though we have hundreds of, of and not thousands of before and afters at this point, it's just something that, I mean, you know, anybody can hop on and, and throw up a before and after. So I guess they're just trying to keep the platform. You know, if you buy off an ad and it just doesn't work, they don't want that to, feel like a negative experience on their platform. Yeah, that makes sense. Although it's very hard to fake 3000 positive reviews. So um, yeah, that's well, pretty effective. Yeah. And and to get to in for that, we always send out the um, after they purchase for them to be able to do that. So that's how we've been able to, you know, we've tried to constantly always ask and, you know, we share like a gift card for before and afters or video testimonials. And some of them, I mean, we haven't had to I mean, they've become advocates. We have a Facebook Facebook group with over 17,000 women in it. Wow. They all share their journey. They share what they're doing with the products. They share, you know, the supplements they're taking, the struggle they've gone through. So it's, it's pretty supportive and they just share naturally in there. So it hasn't been hard to get the testimonials out of them because they're just so, they become brand advocates because they've tried all these things. Nothing has worked. And when we've cleared up their skin, they're just, you know, singing, singing it to the moon. So, yeah, you're going to have amazing customer loyalty if you really, you know, fix a, a major solu- uh, problem for a lot of people. So exactly. a lot of sense. Um, looking back over the last seven years, is there anything you would do differently or anything you wish you knew in hindsight? Uh, I think one of the things I feel like I had to learn, especially as an entrepreneur, is um it doesn't have to be perfect with through the different things that we've done in business. It always felt like I remember we were going to release this one app and it had to be perfect before we put it on the app store. And unfortunately there is no perfectionism and perfect is it's a made up thing anyway. And so you think it's perfect, but in reality, when you put it out there, it's, there's always going to be something wrong with it, or there's always something you're going to find after the fact, or you're going to say, Oh, the client really likes it like this. So let's do it like that. So stop waiting and, and just, I mean, obviously you have to get it to a point where it it makes sense, but just not like slowing down, especially if someone's starting a business in the beginning, just put it out there and test it and try it because it's going to change anyway. Or like, even if we've made a cream, we've shipped out and we put in the lab and we're doing challenge testing and preservative testing and um, all the things to it. And we send it out and it goes through cold weather climate or 
heated FedEx trucks. Oh, wow. Some, thousands of these creams, you might, it, uh, it might still break, even though we did all this testing and you think it's perfect and it falls apart. So there's always something that's going to come your way that you're going to have to iterate off of. You mentioned earlier in our conversation that your co-founder is your husband. So I'm curious how you manage your personal life and your workflow and all elements of the, the business. Like what's your top trick for being productive and keeping your sanity? Uh, I don't know if I have any sanity left. Honestly, but, uh, <laughs> I love the honesty. I mean, it's a, it is a challenge. I think that that's uh, one of the things that if I had to tell my younger self is that learning that being part of this, it is nothing but challenges and there will always be challenges. And I think that um, Grant Cardone had said it before that it's there. You always will have challenges. You have to decide which ones you want to deal with. So as an employee, you have challenges with your employer as married or unmarried. You have challenges being single and challenges being married. So it's just really looking at it. And so when those come your way. So in relation to working with a spouse is in the beginning in our other business, we did have to figure out how to work with each other. I have my opinions. He has his opinions. We both are very driven people. And so in the beginning, it was like, well, it has to be my way. And in reality, sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. And figuring that cadence out between each other. Uh, so by the time we did get to this business, we learned what each other's strengths were, what each other's weaknesses were, and kind of really honed in on that. And then kind of, you know, work together in a synergy to to achieve what we needed to achieve. I love that. What is one beauty or skincare trend you're loving right now? So I'm starting to see more with the makeup community that it's shifting away from just makeup and it being makeup kind of combined with skincare. And I think there's a couple of brands that have really come out with some foundations and things that are good for the skin. So I really do like that shift because that's something I'd like to build on here behind the scenes. We haven't done it yet. But when talking about that whole foundation element in the beginning, if you it was always, you know, you're always told wash your makeup off. And there are ingredients that you can use that can still give you that maybe that coverage. So that is something I would really like to delve in and explore here because I think that now with this clean beauty shift and having, you know, good ingredients that we can come up with some makeup that not only won't break you out, but if in case you sleep in it, it won't also, you know, damage the skin as well. So that's something I would like to explore more. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I think it's definitely something that was really, was really needed. So what's beyond that? What's next for you and the brand? So it was where we're at in the progression of over the last seven years with the whole, all of the growth and everything. It's kind of now we've had to evaluate this last year of who are we, who do we want to be, where do we want to go? So we've kind of stripped back a lot of things and really asked that question. And I don't want to give you all of the details of where we're going, but we have some ideas that we're looking to introduce into 2023. But again, it's still going to come to that curated experience for our clients and keeping in line with products that you know, would be on that, like I said, like the makeup aspect of really exploring that and then also experiences behind what our clients need and how they can still continue to get the results. So I know that's maybe not, it's kind of vague, but. No, that's okay. Whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, well, so I love the suspense. I'll definitely be on the lookout to see uh, what's to come. But for anyone listening who wants to find out more information on yourself and the brand, where can I direct them? Definitely join our Facebook group. And so our website is averglow.com. And then we have our um, Instagram. It's two R's. 
A-V-E-R-R-A-G-L-O-W. And just as a side note, maybe so to understand where that name came from, is we took uh, from the word aver, A-V-E-R, which means to state to be true. So we took that as um, to state to be true with the glow. So kind of that true glow. Oh. Encompassing the, not only are we helping you clear your skin or helping you with whatever problems with your skin, but also giving you that glow and that confidence and that like dewy, cushy skin that you're after. So kind of that was the philosophy behind the name. So I know it's a little complicated at times to spell, but. No, I love that. And and thank you so much for sharing. That's a great note to end on. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes. And thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.